What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal. We are Atlanta's own two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports. Wacky ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Feeling a little wacky tonight. I can tell. I don't know. Like, I feel like I don't know what the hell a podcast is anymore. Uh, I listened to our podcast from last week. This is a podcast? Yeah, I, I guess so. Shit. That's what they tell me. Okay. You don't know all these things you've been uh, saying I, I, were I out for the world to hear? No, even though we just called it a podcast about 10 seconds ago. Yeah, well, it is, Graham. Uh, but anyways, I'm doing pretty well besides that. Just That's trying true. to get my head together. Sure. You know, I've got all these just thoughts and, you know, sabermetrics constantly rolling around my we, brain. We all know that you're a big sabermetrics guy. Big Can time. you tell me where the Braves rank in XFIP over the last month, their bullpen? XFIP. Yes. Uh, I'm guessing last. 29th. That's it's pretty bad. Pretty close. Um, I think 30th in normal FIP. How are we in B-War? Not sure about B-War. Uh, or F-War. Okay. Couldn't, couldn't give you those numbers. Is F-War future war? I honestly don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Good. War was already enough for me. Once I got like the hang of that, I was like, what the shit is F-War and B-War? And People are really assholes, you know? Just like, why, why, why can't they let everyone feel included? Well, it's well you even, have to be an expert to watch baseball. It's not even just that. I think it's, uh, oh, you went down a totally different route. I had a pre-programmed response in my head of what I thought you were going to say, and you told, said something totally different. Yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's just a way to evaluate the game differently. And I think it's up to whoever wants to look at the game through an analytical lens. Um, it's, it's totally up to you to do that. No, I mean, I, I get it to an extent, but, but F4, B war, what are yes. we talking about now? Well, I think it's just an iterate, uh, you know, an iteration on what war is to to further uh, expand that stat. Just like FIP, you know, was pretty basic to me in terms of like it's what a pitcher controls. And then XFIP throws a whole other algorithm in there to try and you know fully measure the value even more of what a pitcher can do uh, under his own control. So it's I, to me, it's it's sort of fascinating to look at it as you know the iterative process of coming up with algorithm algorithms and formula to support um, you know how you what you think a uh, player's true value is however um it can get to the point where if you're not into that stuff and even if you are loosely like i am uh it sort of gets to the point where you're like ah jesus christ i can't keep up with this shit do you think that not to say it's not valid it's just too much sometimes well part of me feels like some of those things should they should be like classified files that only the president can see i feel like some of these stats only a major league baseball team should be able to evaluate. The general pu- public doesn't need it because it does make some people feel less than. Well, that's their issue. Well, maybe. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's necessarily advanced it from a viewing perspective. I, I couldn't say that. I don't know. It definitely has gotten a lot of lot more fans, uh, I think, I definitely think it's gotten a lot more more fans to look at the game in a different way. Like I am, I used to be like, "Oh, what's your batting average?" And now I'm all about what's your batting average, balls in play, and all this uh, other stuff. And so you're elitist. Man. I'm not elitist. I just think there's more to it than the surface level stats. Everybody was ingrained with it's your batting average, your home runs, and RBIs, and it's a damn good point. I think that people make where it's like none of those things really tell you how good of a, a how good a player is. Um, you know, you can't just look at that and say that's a good player if someone has a good average RBI. Pete Orr, that was a good player. You could just look at him, tell that was a good player. Yeah, but you but those, Keith Lockhart, good player. I don't think those stats do enough to tell you what a player it doesn't project what a player is gonna do in the future. I think that's really important for teams to look at, especially. And I think it's important as a fan to be able to look at that critically and be like, Okay, so maybe he's uh like I always go back to Chris Johnson having like a 440 batting average balls in play. It was like the greatest batting average balls in play of all time in the 2013 season or something like that, or top three. That was clearly going to be a regression. His hard contact rate sucked. So he was getting very lucky. And then, you know, he regressed and the the, the law of averages played out. So well, let me ask you this yeah. question. Do you think a majority of our users are hard sabermetrics guys? I couldn't slash say. Slash girls. I couldn't say. Hmm. What's your gut tell you? Probably not. Yeah. Considering we don't talk about it, we we mention it. We you know sometimes we use it in our analysis, but it's not something that dominates the uh, forefront of our thought process, at least when it comes to this show. Yeah, because that'd be boring. 
Right. I'm sure we've already turned off like everyone who's listening right now with our discussion on the merits of analytics. Oh no, this is just good, good uh, barroom banter. Oh sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can jump into it now. That, I, I feel I needed that. Got your aside. I, I appreciate done. that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Speaking of us, our sabermetric skills, though, sure. I needed to point out that last week on the podcast, we had an egregious error when we discussed the New York Mets yeah. and just completely wrote them off. I believe you said they were like 12 games under five hundred, uh, where now they are... They three- were, to be fair, they were under five hundred when when we made that show. Because they're on a that was last week. Wednesday, yes. and now they're three games over five hundred. Yes. They did have a double header though, so do exactly. some do yeah. some sabermetric stats there, and maybe you can get a fifteen game swing out of seven days. I don't know about that, but we do know this: is that the, the Mets are now three games over five hundred. Um, winners of nine of their last ten six game winning streak. They got their run differential up to plus 13. I think it was negative for most of the year, despite their good pitching staff. Um, they're only eight and a half games behind the, the Braves, and that seems like a steep hill to climb. But at the same time, you know, they did improve over the trade deadline with getting Marcus Stroman. They got a very formidable rotation. Uh, Noah Syndergaard's pitching better. It'll be interesting to see how this whole thing shakes out down the stretch because the, the Nationals and the Phillies – Particularly, the Nationals have kind of come back down to earth a little bit, even though they're on a little winning streak. Um, but you know, Nationals are back six games, Phillies back seven and a half games, Mets back eight and a half games of the Braves as of, as of uh, whatever today is, August seventh. So it has become an effect a four team race again. Even though I would say that I would deem a six game lead right now for the Braves to be a, a nice lead, it's certainly not insurmountable for any of these teams to leapfrog the Braves in terms of the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's been interesting because beginning of the year, everyone thought this was going to be the most competitive division. And then the Nationals got off to a really slow start. Mets did as well. We kind of did. But then we kind of took over in June. Mm. And all three of these teams were on the verge of firing their managers. But they've hung around. And, I mean, it's going to be a hell of a fight for the wild card. We do have a good cushion. But, yeah, you're right. It's definitely not insurmountable. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here, Braves country. By any stretch, but all three, like the Nationals, they've got their three-headed pitching monster of Strasburg, Corbin, and Scherzer. The Mets now have four, Syndergaard, Wheeler, Stroman, Stroman, and DeGrom. I'm less worried about the Phillies, to be honest. Yeah, I don't really see them. They don't have heart. I don't even know if it's a heart thing. It's just their defense sucks. They have a shitty manager. They have a shitty manager. I mean, they had they had one of their starting pitchers play left field last week in a 14-inning debacle. <laughs> yeah. And he actually threw out a guy at home, but I mean, they still, I think, lost the game. But it was just so much over man- classic over-managing for yeah. them to get to that point where they're out of pitchers. I looked back, and it was like three pitchers through like two-thirds of an inning yeah. earlier in the game. Yeah. And I think Kapler is a classic. Uh, he's a sabermetrics guy. Well, I think he's falls too much in love with that stuff to the point where he doesn't consider what else could happen in, in the ball game? We've seen mistakes like this from him through his, throughout his, you know, two year coaching career so far. Um, but yeah, that was hilarious. But yeah, I, I'm not as concerned with them. But the Nationals, I don't want to see them. And also, the Phillies don't have like a ton of good starting pitching. It's really Aaron Nola, and that that's it in terms of reliable starters uh, right now for them. But the Nationals, even though they have a shitty bullpen. Um, their rotation is so good, and the Mets' rotation is so good that they can easily keep winning uh, a lot of ball games down the stretch here. Which is great that we've shown that we can still win the big games against them as well. That's what's kind of saved us. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, you know, we're coming off another series win. Took two or three from the Twins. Um, collectively scored. 23 runs over two games. Braves went 11-7 to today with another huge offensive outburst, which was really good to see. Uh, it started last night with the, with the major impact the offense brought to the game with uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, going yard, Freddie going yard, um, doing all this against Jose Barrios, who's one of the best pitchers in the American League, was very, very encouraging to see with a guy with that uh, good of stuff. Yeah, the, w- the way we came back in this series, too, um, I was worried after that first game that was uh, rough that was with Soroka going as well and then you get Chris Martin blowing the tie game in the 10th right yeah yeah so no 
in the 10th. Um, And then we come back and we're like, oh, shit, we got Fulte going against one of their best pitchers now. Let's just hope we can get one of these next three and not get swept. But instead we win those next two games, offense heats up, and it's a great series win against the first-place team. Yeah, still, you know, some concerns for the bullpen. Uh, Your boy Luke Jackson's getting battered and beaten around, throwing – um, I think give a couple more runs today. Walked a couple people yesterday. Um, Newcomb did not look good the other night either. But Swarzak has held strong, and um, I've been uh, even though Chris Martin blew that game the other night. You know, he just made one bad pitch. He looked pretty good up until that moment, yeah. and that that hit that came before the walk off wasn't really. You know, it's not like the guy hit the shit out of the ball. It was like a little blooper. Um, Shane Green continues to. Struggle a little bit. Um, that was, was definitely, I'd say, his best outing in a Braves uniform, albeit it came with giving up another homer. Um, but you could tell the stuff looked a lot better. And I think one thing that people didn't know a lot about Shane Green coming into us acquiring him is that he's not a flamethrower. He's not an Aroldis Chapman or a Kimbrel in his prime or anything like that. He's a guy that is very much a sinker baller. He also relies on his uh, off-speed stuff, it's particularly his slider, which has been described more as a slurve, sort of a slider-curve hybrid. And if he's not locating those pitches, like most guys without uh, you know, a lot of velocity, he can't afford to miss. And it's not like he's throwing 85 miles an hour, but we could see um, over the course of his appearances when he doesn't have his good stuff. But I thought last night he did have his good stuff despite giving up that home run. I mean, the way he ended the game with that strikeout um, on, I think it was a sinker, it had a ton of movement on on the outside corner. I can't remember who he struck out, but it was a beautiful pitch. And I was like, okay, I think he's calming down a little bit, made one mistake. You know, no one needs to crucify any of these guys yet. And um, I think people who are already writing off Shane Green, you know, stupid. Writing off Shane Green or Martin at this point, um, I think you've got to at least let them go out there and, you know, give give us 10 appearances before we can start passing any sort of legitimate judgment upon them. Well, I've got a few counterpoints okay. slash agreements. Um, a, on your last statement there, Brace Twitter can make past judgment on people in spring training. Yes. So, yeah, they're not going to give him 10, 10 appearances. But well, that's, that would be way too reasonable. That would be way too reasonable for Brace uh, B, my boy Luke Jackson. Here's the deal with him. He's a high-leverage pitcher. He bro. shouldn't be. <laughs> well, that, that's how... Well, he came up with another high-leverage situation again today. and That wasn't high-leverage. That was in the sixth inning. He's geared up... That, to... Okay, so you completely misconstrued the meaning of high-leverage. High-leverage is when you got... The game is close, or you got a bunch of guys on base. You know, there's a moment where the game could bend either way. He is not a sabermetrics pitcher. He is an old school closer, Graham. He needs the ball in the ninth inning. Jesus Christ, that's where he performs at his best. So he he now has to recalibrate. Oh, you know, he, he's now getting up and throwing about an hour earlier than he used to. Poor poor Luke. <laughs> I know, poor Luke. Um, so he's going to be all right though. He's gonna he's gonna adapt. And uh, old Lukey boy will be okay. Um, what else were you just talking about there? Shane Green. Yeah. Are you crucifying Shane Green yet? I'm not, but I am a little surprised with this stuff. Um, I didn't see the game last night where he just gave up the one home run. Yeah, he looked good. Like He looked very much in control. He, he made one bad pitch and he paid for it. And then, let's keep in mind, too, the Twins have a... I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm not saying you can't criticize him for having a bad outing. I'm just saying don't. Let, let it be the end-all, be-all on Shane Green right now. Yeah. We can't say that. Yeah, the Twins are a damn good team. Yeah. Melanson's looked really good. Melanson has looked really solid. He's looked really solid. Uh, everything, you know, with the uh, the Braves so far, he hasn't given up a run. He's thrown three and a third innings, and he's looked uh, excellent as far as I can tell. Only one walk, and he's done a really, really nice job for us. But the, the stuff I was the most excited about was Fulte's last night. Yeah, let's talk about Fulte a little bit. I think um, he definitely looked a lot better. This is the best start of the season for him, hands down. Also, gets a very, very, very good offense. Um, the biggest difference to me was the off-speed pitch. He was really locating his slider, throwing it aggressively, and it had a lot of snap on it. He was getting ahead of batters most of the time, even though he labored a little bit in those first three innings. He was still getting to the point where he'd get ahead of guys so that he could use his fastball he could elevate his fastball out of the zone, but still threatening guys and um, you know getting a decent amount of strikeouts. 
I thought he looked so much better than he has the entire year. This is the best start he's had in, in probably since last season, honestly. By far. And, well, did you hear what he said about his bone spurs? Yeah, it was, it was freaking him out, and that's why he wasn't throwing the slider as uh, with conviction, right? As and, he put it, yeah, exactly. So that's not a pitch that you can just half-ass. You have to believe it in and go all out, which he hadn't been doing. And like, right. I mean, he was hitting ninety nine again with his fastball, which yeah. we were seeing him a lot closer to ninety three, ninety four earlier in the year. Yeah, his velocity was back up. He was locating a lot better. They should have probably just pulled him after five, especially because he was he was cold for so long because we had a very long uh top of the six we scored a bunch of runs and so that probably factored into him sort of i wouldn't say he blew up there we did give up two home runs um but but i mean overall like that was very promising to see yeah i think he's and, still an absolute maniac i think he's still a, a fucking head case the way he was reacting to someone it, it wasn't as bad as before he got demoted but i mean there's a time in the third inning when he gave up a couple of hits where he just looked like he was going to uh just spontaneously combust out there and just his flailing around he's so damn animated it's just like just calm like he just still needs to work on that and he was uh, supposedly has a new uh wristband that he wears that says don't be a little bitch yeah. he, needs, he needs to remember that at all times because he was being a little bitch i think you're times. i think you're exaggerating you're being a little bitch about him being a little no, bitch you you he, go he back was exactly i've seen faulty over the last three years, the way he was last night was nowhere close to what it's he can. Still be. not. It's I know, still but there. It's, it's, it's still he, not it's, good. It's who he is. I don't care. Think, think of you John. Think of John Rice. He turned out to be the best kid that we played baseball with. He was a nut job on the on the baseball field. It's who he is. Like we're not going to yeah, change him. But but that thing with the difference there is that, you know, for the most part, John Rice excelled, whereas Fulty can let his emotions absolutely destroy him. And he was teetering. If he had given up another hit in that third inning, I think he would have cascaded and there would have been an avalanche. Like, he needs to keep working on that. That's a speculation, Your Honor. That is absolute speculation. But I think he is still... I still need to see more from him before I'm sold um, on him mentally. But physically, he looks pretty good. I think he needs to keep... You know, I want to see how he progresses through his starts. But our rotation, if he can get anywhere close to what he was in 2018, which he looked pretty damn good last night, if he can get back to that at a consistent level, our rotation just got a hell of a lot better heading into October. I mean, think of who we had going in this twin series. We had Soroka, who was shutting them down through, what, six? I think he pitched seven. Well, but yeah, but he gave him the three runs in the seventh, right. right? Yes, but he still looked pretty good. But through six, he was shutting them out. Fulty shut them out through five, yeah. and Freed today shut them out through five as well. Freed looked really good. I mean, I wasn't able to pay attention too much to the game because I was working. But um, from what I saw, I did have it on the background. What I saw, great command of his pitches. Uh, Ten strikeouts, I think, through five innings. Uh, overall, did a really good job, and I'm really happy to see him starting to get back to that early season form that he uh, enjoyed uh, this year because he was not cutting it for a while there. And now I think slowly but surely, this is sort of like almost like a coming out party for him where we saw what we saw earlier in the year, and I hope that continues for him. Well, I mean, his last few starts have been solid. Like he, Yeah, but this is the first one I saw where I was like, okay. Yeah. I, I really see it now where I was like, okay, the progression is clear. So here's my hope, Graham. Mm. I hope... So, in other news, we got rid of that loser, Kevin Gossman. Yeah, Kevin Gossman. Um, so, because of the – there's no August trade waiver deadline or trade waiver at all. If you put a player on waivers, um, they can just be snatched up and they don't have to give you anything for them because there's no more trades being done. So, we put him on waivers. The Reds claimed him. We let them claim him. And that opened up an opportunity for Fultonavich. And that also cleared some, some money. Uh, for us, I think, to also allocate towards uh, the, the relievers we acquired potentially are in other places. So save a little money, get rid of a guy who admittedly only had one really good month with us and for the most and for the uh, rest of his time here was either mediocre or terrible. And he had a horrible season this year and he didn't have, show any signs of getting back to where he was. So I'm... I and wish, he had, I and he had two pitches well. as a starting pitcher. Yeah. I Unacceptable. Wish, I wish Gosman well, but I mean, he, he just was not cutting it this year and... Uh, that's that. So we got rid of him, which is why Fulty was able to get this start. And my hope for the rest of the season, Graham, is that the five we have in our rotation, those are our starters. Like, I yeah. don't, no more mixing in and out. Yeah, I, I want these guys to run with it. 
let them battle it out for who's going to potentially, I'll knock on wood, Hugo, get playoff starts. Let them go after it. Yeah, I would I would agree. Um, what else is happening? Let's, Speaking let's of talk Hugo. About your, okay. Sorry, before we yeah. get out of that. Mm-hmm. I got a letter from Hugo this week, Graham. That he wanted me a to read. A letter? Like a handwritten letter? Yeah, yeah, in the mail. Oh, wow. Uh, 50 cent stamps they got nowadays, Graham. You, can you believe that? I can't because I had to mail some shit recently. My what? taxes. They, they just... Well, that was like four months ago, but it, the amount of, I had to pay for the stamp was absurd. Well, your taxes were probably more than 50 cents, but just a standard first class envelope. 50 cents nowadays, Graham. It just jumped up. But uh, this was his letter that I got in the mail. Yesterday, I listened to your extremely optimistic trade deadline podcast, then watched Shane Green give up a game-losing three-run bomb. Today, I watched Chris Martin give up a massive walk-off. Perhaps this is a good time to start knocking on wood? Question mark. No. Best regards, Hugo. I have, I have nothing to say to that. I won't dignify that response. <laughs> Moving on to Tyler Flowers. <laughs> um, this is someone I wanted to talk about. I feel like Flowers has become an albatross. Defensively and offensively. Uh, he's had an extremely rough July, and uh, and he had an extremely rough May at the plate. His, his August has started off pretty bad, even though it's only nine at-bats. He has been really poor recently. Uh, the pass balls are bad. Um, I don't want him playing very much anymore, honestly. It's, 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 it's freaking rough. 111 in August, 171 in July. Yeah. 234 in June, 167 in May. Yeah. Good yeah. April. Yeah, good April. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, problem is you have a 36-year-old catcher. McCann. As, yeah. Yeah. Who can't play every day. But I think come playoff time, I would think McCann's getting a majority of the starts. McCann's got to start every game. I mean, I he, think he's a num- he's a legit number five hitter for us when he's in the lineup versus Tyler Flowers, who's a yeah eight. But I think you know, I, McCann's got to start every game in the postseason if we're you know lucky enough to get there. Because I think also just defensively, even if we're going up against left-handed pitcher, I'd rather have McCann up there, calming guys down, um, doing what he does behind the plate because he's a better defensive catcher than Flowers. Yeah, how the hell does he lose his defensive abilities? I don't know. He's he's just not in a funk. I think he's in a, a funk in all uh, respects right now, and I, I do not want him getting even half the playing time. But you're right, it's tough with McCann, how they've been doing it this year, splitting uh, pretty pretty much just splitting, uh, splitting time pretty evenly, and I, I don't think I can continue. I don't want to run Mac down until we get to the playoffs, but I think we really need McCann – playing way more than Flowers right now. And our lineup, to me, is very naked at the moment. I feel well, like we're exposed a little bit with, he, with the Marcakis injury and Riley not being there anymore. Um, it's not as good of a lineup. Well, you're forgetting one big name there, Graham. Adam Duvall. No. Uh, Dansby. Oh, and Dansby. Of Dansby course. makes of course. a big difference. Dansby, there. yes, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Sorry, I forgot about... I mean, Dansby hasn't Show played some in some damn long. Sorry, sorry. Well, because... Well, that leads us to another conversation. Why the hell is Johan Camargo getting all these starts? He's not good. I said it, Graham. I think... No es bueno. Yeah. I, I think he's he's done Culberson. well. Culberson. I want Culberson. Culberson started today and did very well. And he, sh- yeah. and he should continue to start. And I think, I think Snitker wanted to give Camargo the benefit of the doubt. You know, to see if he can get him going. But Camargo has played terribly offensively, hitting well below uh, 200 almost hitting below 100 with, with his uh, plate appearances. And uh, he's played well defensively, but offensively he's, he's another albatross. It's like there's you know, it's the, when your lineup, when you get to the bottom, is like Camargo, Ender, Flowers. It's just like woof. You know, this whole thing of us having such Ender's a... Ender's been the best of those guys too. Which is says a lot. So it's it's like we're really, I think, exposed right now, not having Marquecas, Stansby, or uh, Riley in the lineup and uh even though i know understand why riley's been taken out um due to his struggles but we need dansby back we really need dansby back and i don't know where dansby fits in now and the order because ozzy albies is swinging another red hot stick he's on fire hit two more home runs today 
he's done really well out of the two holes since he got moved up there. I, I love the, the combination of speed and power we get from the one one two hole right now. But regardless, Dansby should be coming back soon. Um, hopefully this weekend. Hopefully this weekend. Might not be because uh, the Braves keep saying it's taking longer than we expected for him to you know, get through this uh, injury he has. Supposedly going to do one minor league rehab start, but they not they hope it's this week. But I think that puts starting this weekend in jeopardy because he still hasn't gone out and done his rehab assignment. So uh, hopefully he's back no later than next week and that he can get back to what he was. But we really miss Marquecas right now a lot. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this much. I can live without Austin Riley right now just because, I mean, joke about Ender all you want, but he made a couple plays this week. Oh, yeah, defensively, like I said, Ender's great. That truly is difference-making. Yes. Um, but, yeah, Marcakis and Dansby, we can't live without both of them. Yeah, we need at least one of them. And, and I, I'm an Adam Duvall guy, but, he, you know, I saw the last week, and I'm not... Woof. Yeah. Yeah, everybody needs to slow the roll. I saw his four-strikeout game last he night. struck out two times in the same inning. I mean, that's what I'm just saying. It's just like you can't you can't trust Duvall, honestly. I think I had a, he had a hit today. Yeah. Uh, but for his last 26 at-bats, he's 5 for 26. So. I mean, that's not horrendous. That's 192. That's, that C- is horrendous. Camargo's like 5 for 50-something. No, Camargo's been worse, admittedly. Yeah. And honestly, um, the situation sort of solved itself with Riley having to go to the, the injured list, uh, which happened, which was announced today. So he's going to get some time off. With a, uh, like a knee issue, mm-hmm. they said that he has. and um, But I was starting to think, well, who's going to be sent down to AAA? Is it going to be Camargo or Riley? But I think that's sort of I think, solved itself. I think it needed point. to be Riley anyways. I need, yeah, I really hope that after this injury list stint, that Riley can go to the minor leagues, work out some stuff. Because he, he started to show a little bit signs of life for well, a what, second. What's wrong with Riley? What's the injury? It's a knee. It's like a knee bruise or something. They don't expect it to be anything. Okay. Significant. Well, here's a question for you. You saw where we also we called up a couple of the big name prospects up to AAA. Yes, Pache. Pache got called up. Drew Waters got called up. Ian Anderson got called up, and another pitcher who's a name I wasn't really that familiar with, but he's been crushing it too. Do you think that they maybe have some ideas of giving Drew Waters or Pache a chance in September? And see if they can get that magic in a bottle one more time that we got with Austin Riley and uh, Adam Duvall for a week. There's potential for it. I think. Um, don't you have to to be playoff eligible? Have to come up before September. I think you have to come up in August. So maybe point. it's just September first. I'm not sure, but if there's a way to do that and they feel strongly enough that they can actually contribute, I'm not saying no. Right. Um, even though I know, I you know. I know everybody's very protective over prospects, and you don't want to, you know, screw them up or mess with their confidence or anything like that. But honestly, and it's tough too because I still don't think we're in a position that, you know, where we can really go out and win the whole damn thing. I mean, it's possible, but you know, you're you're one of the top five teams in baseball. I think you owe it to yourselves and your fan base, your organization, to to go for it. And if you feel like one of those guys or more than one of those guys can help you. Um, Go for it, for God's sake. I mean, because we're missing a lot of what made us a formidable team. And we need, and the people that we have right now are not, you know, viable replacements in terms of um, generating the same offensive production as those folks. So if you think one of them can do that, by all means. But it is a lot for a young guy to have to say, yes, you're in double A. Hey, now you're in triple A for two weeks. Hey! Now you're the major. That that is a whirlwind. I think Drew Waters would be the guy if, if anyone's getting called up this year, mm. just for the hitting piece. Yeah, I mean that that kid's just crushing it at every level he's been at. Yeah, Pache's been a little slower coming up around with the bat, but mm-hmm. um, but what's really going to happen is we also signed two guys this week, Lane Adams, if you remember him from the past couple of years, yeah. and Duda and Lucas Duda, which is going to be weird if him and Brian McCann are on the same team. Oh, they have a history yeah they're the same person have you seen pictures oh of them? yeah that's right everybody was like <laughs> yeah. is that mccann yeah, yeah. He, they do look very but similar. dude has been god awful this year he has in been kansas bad. city i think he has been bad like johan camargo awful right and he doesn't have any defensive value so he's kind of a 
I wouldn't want to say he's worthless, but in terms of um, that's very mean. But in terms of uh, hoping for any value, there is probably not much to expect. But it's good to have depth in the minor leagues, and good to have you know someone veterans of of, yeah. of Judas caliber, at least formerly. Even though he was never like a great player, he could still come off the bench and and do something. And you know he did that pretty well last year for us. So I, I don't know. I mean, why not? If you can make the move, you, you know, as a uh, insurance policy, there's nothing wrong with that. And, uh, oh, hold on, Adam, we just got an update from the Internet. The Internet itself has updated us, has contacted us as a, uh, as a weird entity, and has told us that Austin Riley has a knee ligament injury, and uh, he injured himself while working out in the weight room before last night's victory against the Twins. Severity of the injury is unknown. That could be really bad. Um, wow. Yeah, it sounds worse than the knee bruise. Yes. Now that these details have come out. God, I was really hoping we could get him right and he would be a factor. Uh, not to say that still can't happen, but when you're talking about a knee ligament and he's a big guy and putting a lot of pressure on your knee when you're swinging and running and playing outfield and things. We'll have to see what happens in terms of what the severity of the injury is, but that's not a, uh, a promising synopsis there. So, woof. Name your uh, starting playoff outfield right now. Go. This is tough. I would say uh, Ronald Acuna, obviously. And then I'm kind of like, I don't... Charlie Culberson. And um, if it's a righty, I put Ender in there to play really good defense and just bite the bullet that he's going to probably suck offensively. Part of me wants to say Matt Joyce, but I feel like I want one more really good. Not to say Joyce sucks defensively, but he's not in Ender's class at all. So that would be my starting outfield at this moment. We're we're in agreement. Yeah. It's Charlie Culberson time. Yeah. The guy has like 11 starts, 12 now. And he got four hits today. And I think... Let him get after it. Yeah, especially with Riley's injury and not knowing the severity of it. Um, I mean, Duvall, he, he Duvall's going to get a couple more weeks of yes. full-time start. Yeah, and he deserves it. He, he got to a really torrid start. And we always say, you know, you're not as bad at your shittiest and you're not as good at your best. He's not the 125 guy. He's not the 585 guy. Where's, where's that middle ground? Where's that average? Mm. So... We will find out and then uh, go from there. But it, it will be very interesting to see what happens with this outfield. What was such a sure thing has now become a bit of an unknown. Um, and I don't know if Marcakis is going to be able to come back in time for the, the playoffs. He's supposed to be able to come back in September from this wrist fracture. But we've seen what happens with guys with, with wrist injuries over the years on our team. Dansby totally screwed up his... Uh, you know, his life for a year and a half, <laughs> yeah. uh, his baseball life. Uh, Freddie Freeman lost, you know, a lot of his power, which he's definitely gotten back. But, you know, he was not the same guy after he broke his wrist for a little bit. He was still very good, but the power was gone. So it affects guys in different ways. But um, one thing is clear that it is, it is a severe detriment that takes more time to come back from and be at your best than, uh, than some other injuries. And it's going to be hard for me to, to see Marcakis being uh, a factor at the plate with this with coming back from the wrist injury with not a lot of time, you know, to rehab, honestly, uh, in terms of getting ready for the, play- the playoffs if, if indeed he does come back in September. So it's tough. I don't know. If Marcakis is ready to go, do you... Do you oh, yeah, he's you, your guy. Yeah, 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 I would agree. Yeah, oh, yeah, it would be Acuna. Oh, yeah, yeah, it'd be Acuna in center, Marcakis in right. Culberson. Culberson in left for me, yeah. baby. Yeah. If we, if we want that bat. And he plays good defense everywhere. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he's a very He made some great defender. plays at shortstop the other night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to go back to what I meant to say when we brought up Shane Green. Yes. Did you see the interview or hear the interview with uh, Brian Snitker? He was pissed. It, it was hilarious because yeah. Brian Snitker, he's always the guy that's going to stand up for the player. Like, we've never seen him bash a player. Yeah. He's like, he, he acted like he didn't even know who the hell this guy was. Yeah. He's like, that's not my guy. I don't know. I don't know much about him. Oh, yeah. Set the context for some of the users that maybe didn't see or, or hear about this. It was after Shane Green blew a game. After Shane, yeah, after so, his first game with us after. Yeah. I don't remember the context. What was the context, Graham? So basically, I think it was the second game, I want to say. 
and someone said, hey, so you, do you think? And he's like, I don't know what I think. We're going to have to see how it plays out or something. But he was clearly upset. And I think his extreme love affair for uh, Luke Jackson um, is being put to the test right now. Oh, yeah. Um, not having his boy Luke out there, who continues to plunge into uh, all serious situations, seemingly. You forget about how Luke Jackson, damn, on the Shane Green first appearance, struck out the side. Luke yeah. Jackson comes Fine. in and strikes out the side. Fine. Fine. I still would rather have Shane Green out there, but I will also I say know. this to the Shane Green detractors. This is Shane Green's first real good year. He doesn't have a long track record of success, even though he had, I think, 30 saves or something last, like that last year. He had a 5-12 year. Yeah, that, that's a what's worse. a bad whip. So we knew that this 1.18 ERA probably wasn't sustainable. He's coming to a much more competitive division. Um, and But I still think he has really good stuff. And, his, and he has made a clear progression from last year to this year. And like I said, um, last night he looked really good minus that one home run. So let's give him, let's give him 10 appearances, and then let's come back and figure out what the hell we're going to do. Plus, if you think about it, we're not comparing Shane Green to Smoltz in his prime. We're, we're comparing Shane Green to Chad Sabatka. Right. We're comparing Melanson to A.J. Minter. Yes. We're comparing uh, Chris Martin to whatever that guy's name was that was just called up and got sent down. So, yeah, I think it's a clear upgrade. Yeah, exactly. And and Martin, I've been really impressed by his stuff. He, he throws freaking gas, and he locates pretty well. So... I think all these guys are going to be... I think yeah. Martin and, and Green are going to be fine. Melanson has, has looked very good so far. I'm sure when Melanson has his first bad outing, people are going to shit themselves. But you know what? I'll ride with these guys. I think regardless of how it works out, I think it was the right move for what we needed. And we had to do something and go for it. And you got three relievers who are all having very good to great seasons. And they'll hopefully, you know, be fine. We just have to trust that they will be. And, that, and know that they're a hell of a lot better than what we were rolling with, like you just mentioned. And Graham, I'm not going to let you forget, or any of the users forget, Darren O'Day's comeback is in about three to four weeks. Is that official? Or are you just no, no, that's, that's my Oh, that's my your theory. prognostication. Yeah. He's working out. He's still throwing. That means... We're paying him $9 million to rehab. Yeah, whatever. Or to sit on his ass. We got Kevin Gossman out of it. Good. He did help us get to the playoffs last year. Lucas, did you see Lucas Sims pitching the other day? Yeah, for the Reds. He looks pretty good at it in a relief role. Looked okay. But yeah, no, nothing I'm going to cry about. Yeah. But yeah, Darren O'Day, he's going to be back in September. And then Good we're gonna be, guy we're, hasn't pitched in over, you know, almost two years. We're going to be loaded, Graham. Yeah. Yep. It would have been nice if O'Day had been healthy, because he, you know, before he went down, was very, very solid for Baltimore. So it sucks that. He's going to have a fresh arm, baby. If you had him and those other three guys along with um, we will. Swarzak. I don't know why you're saying if. Okay. Keep dreaming, pal. Um, I think we've exhausted the Atlanta Braves. You One might... of these days you're going to start believing in me, Graham. I know. I know all my predictions that are correct. Yeah, we'll have to... I'll start keeping a log. This will be the first thing I'll log. Darren O'Day comes back in the next three to four weeks and makes a major impact. Well, you got to put game. Adam Duvall, major league caliber player, at least. You can give me that he's a major league caliber player. We'll have to see how the rest of the year plays out. The, the guy has five home runs in two weeks. That's I couldn't do that. To compare you to Adam Duvall is ridiculous. The only thing you can compare... But that compare, makes him a major league caliber player, not me. He's more of a major league caliber player than you are, but I don't... I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, he can have a sustainable career in the major leagues. If you can hit five home runs in the major leagues, you're a major league Plenty caliber player. Plenty of guys player. have gotten hot and then flamed And out. they're all major league caliber players. I think you just too loosely use a phrase like that that I'm going to bring back on you. Perhaps. Like, you could have set the bar a little higher and then we'd maybe have an argument. All right. I won't get into semantics with you about this. We've had our Adam Duvall bitch fests enough, I think, for the last year. It's hard-hitting stuff, Grant. It is hard-hitting. Everybody's riveted. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about um, Atlanta's favorite football team. Don't, don't say Julio Jones' contract. I'm not... It's not even on my mind. All right, good. Um, the Atlanta Legend... I mean, excuse me. <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons uh, opened the preseason last week uh, against Denver. Of course, we lost because we lose all our preseason games under Dan Quinn. Who gives a shit? Um... Adam, over under three and three and a half minutes where you actually paid attention to this game and watched it with any sort of critical analysis. 
I had it on for over three minutes solely because the Braves were in a rain delay. delay. Yes. But did you watch it? Did you, like, notice anything? Did you give a shit? I was looking for my boy, the DN. Comiskey. Comiskey. For maybe a minute and a half. Mm -hmm. So I was looking for him. I don't think he was on the field at the time, though. So, no, no, I didn't watch it, Graham. Yeah, I think I paid attention for about two minutes. It was, uh, but now we're gonna give people. Football. So we're gonna admit that we didn't watch it, and then give people a recap of it. I'm not saying we're gonna recap it. I'm just gonna say what I uh, heard was good. Okay, as <laughs> <laughs> I stopped watching with two minutes left in the second uh, quarter, it was just abysmal, abysmal football. Um, your boy Comiskey did have a good game. Got a sack, five tackles. Looked uh, looked pretty solid from all reports. Uh, I don't think he was on the field when I was watching. Didn't he force a fumble? He may have forced a fumble as well. And, um... No, made that up. But, uh, six tackles, actually. So, good showing for him. Um, there was nothing else I'd really like to touch on other than your boy, uh... What's his name? Foyer Lucan? Not Foyer. Uh, Tavecchio Tavecchio missed one field goal about 54 yards away. Um... The Matt Bryan apologists were out in full force on Twitter. Matt Bryan is still a free agent. You losers can sign him. There's a reason he's a free agent. No, I love Matt Bryan. I can't give him shit. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, easy. Uh, But I'm not going to worry too much about a guy missing a uh, field goal in a bullshit game. Also, it was 54 yards. It wasn't like 20 yards away. He had his other attempt. Read a really funny little blurb about Tavecchio, Giorgio. He's Italian. Yeah. In case you didn't know, mm-hmm. uh, his family asking him about his job. Yeah, and they're like, "So you just run onto the field, kick, and then run away? Like, what? What kind of job is this? <laughs> <laughs> what are you, some wimp? They, they they don't respect their son's job as a professional kicker in the NFL. That's fair. They're trying to push him to do better things, which is hilarious. Is really <laughs> yeah. um, one thing I will notice: I did I did pay attention for about ten minutes, and from what I could tell. The rest of the time I had it on the background. But from what I could tell, Matt Schaub looked really lost. And I know he's not out there with the first team guys. But my God. That was it was ugly. 4 of 14, only 10 yards. One of which was a like five-yard pass behind the line of scrimmage to uh, one of our like third or fourth string running backs. It was just, it was god-awful, man. It was a really bad performance from him. Uh, Kurt Benneker didn't look much better. But he did have a touchdown. He looked, People were all over him saying he was the next Matt Ryan. I don't know about that. I mean, he, he looked okay. He looked a hell of a lot better than, than Shabby, though. Well, yeah. Shab looks old and just uninterested. You know, Benkert's out for the year now. Yes, he is. With, toe, a, with toe a toe injury. injury. Yeah, toe injury out for the rest of the season. Um, so I think it was going to be an interesting battle throughout the preseason to see what would happen with Benkert versus Shab, but now it's pretty much Matt Shab's job no matter what well the man that we can't get out of our lives is back yes. in our lives the glorious return of one spleen is back <laughs> resurrected from his slumber in the afl returning to the promised AAF. land aaf returning to the promised land the nfl back to the atlanta falcons matt sims aka spleen spleeny aka spleeny so a guy who was god awful for the Atlanta Legends. Couldn't even handle playing in the AAF. Is now possibly our backup quarterback? What about Aaron Murray? We should have signed both of them again just to have this whole drama oh, play out. That would actually uh, be pretty fun. That would be kind of funny. Hey, we know the ins and outs of that argument. Aaron Murray sucked too, though. Yeah, so, they are both pretty bad. Um, yeah, Matt Sims is just like the definition of... <laughs> Spleen! A very, very, very mediocre quarterback. Yeah. He's below average. I'd say he's not even... I think mediocre is showing him too much respect um, for his acumen of playing the quarterback position in today's NFL or AAF. God, uh, uh, rest in peace, AAF. Um, yeah, so the, the the quarterback... Like, there's no chance Matt Schaub loses his job to uh, Old Spleen. There's just zero chance of that. No, but let's... For our season, I hope that Matt Ryan never gets hurt. And, you know, for all the... Yeah, okay, you can knock on wood all you want. And for all the Matt Ryan haters out there, he's only missed, I think, two games in his career when he had a, another a toe injury. Turf like toe. Ben Kurt, yeah, in 2009. That's it. He's one durable, durable son of a bitch. Um, play the Dolphins tomorrow, Adam. Hopefully um, we get to see somebody 
in the starting lineup play for a series or something. Um, so, so I will say the thing out, out of the few minutes I watched that I took out of it was one of the few relevant things you can see in a first preseason game is the running backs. Because we got a bit of a, a bit of a battle for our third running back. Maybe second. I mean, Ito, it's Ito Smith's job to lose for sure. Yeah. Uh, but Brian Hill, who, if you recall, we drafted him in like the fifth round a few years ago. He never really got playing time. Played a decent amount down the stretch last year. Cut, we cut him. He went to, I can't remember where he went, but yeah, we got him last year. Then he got a little bit of playing time and he looks a lot better. Mm-hmm. And this past week he had 11 carries, 57 yards, and most importantly, a receiving touchdown. That used to be the big knock on him was that he couldn't catch. He couldn't catch. Yeah. And now he's turned it into a strength almost. So, because Quadre well, Olison is. Let's hold the role there on a strength after a preseason touchdown. We saw him in practice. Coach Dan Quinn oh. said it's a strength of his now. That's good. That's I'm not. Good. I'm not basing it off okay. this stupid box score. I'm not saying based on the box. Score. I've got other sources. Okay, got sources. Okay. Good. I know my Brian Hill shit, okay? All right, yeah. You're a big Brian Hill guy. Big Brian Hill guy. Um, didn't see much of Cadre Allison, who's the guy we drafted this year, who I'm hoping to see more of as the preseason goes along. Um, that is one thing I'm interested in continuing to watch this year, Adam, is the uh, backup running back battle, because we know Devontae Freeman has looked good at training camp. He's looked very... Uh, people have given him rave reviews, saying he looks like you know old-school Freeman. He should be fresh, but his proclivity for injury is huge with a concussion with the uh, the knee issue. So it's like, yeah, Ito's got everything locked down, but who's the guy after Ito? And um, is it going to be Hill, or is it going to be Allison? And um, if you're going to base it off one, you know, one game, even though it's against guys who a lot of people are going to just, you know, be straight up cut, Brian Hill won the battle this week. Um, albeit he did get more uh, attempts than, than uh, Allison. But that's something I really want to monitor in the Miami game, and that'll be a reason for me to to tune in is to see the who's going to, you know, what's our running depth, yeah, our running back depth going to be like. Yeah, you have to watch these preseason games a little differently. Like, you look for the rookies to see who's standing out, and the, these like battles for even for receiving like fourth or fifth receiver, yeah, things like that. Right. Uh, we got questions for in our secondary a little bit with uh, who's going to be like the number three cornerback, and oh yeah, with Oliver. Yeah, yeah. So those are the things you got to look at, right? What did my boy Stefan Anthony do, by the way? Let's see here, three tackles. Okay. Yeah, I can't comment too much on that. Uh, nope, no, 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 no. But yeah, so tomorrow against the Dolphins, and we'll uh, we'll go from there with the Falcons. Only uh, bit of Hawks news is uh, that was. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, this is moving on to the Hawks, but yeah. I, I knew that we had multiple things that we were horribly wrong on. And this one, I'm happy we were wrong about, Graham, sure. from last week, where we said the signing of Jabari Parker signaled the end of the Vince Carter era. We said that. We did. And we were wrong. We were absolutely wrong. And I'm totally fine with being wrong about that. Yeah, that's a good thing to be wrong I'm about. not fine with being wrong about the Mets. I am I am okay with, with not being right about Vince Carter not returning, because Vince Carter is returning for a 22nd season. Fewer Atlanta Hawks. Um, if he plays a game in 2020, he will be the only player in the history of the NBA to have played in four different decades, which is nuts. Um, I'm very happy about this move. This is this That's is tremendous awesome. for everyone involved, tremendous for Jabari Parker, tremendous for Trey Young. Everyone on the team will benefit from, from Vince being there again, and hopefully he can give us some more razzle-dazzle. We know he's, you know, he's never been a good defender. He's only gotten worse as he's gotten older, but we can't look at Vince to, you know, stuff the stat sheet. We have to look at him once again for mentorship and hopefully giving us a few nice little highlights in the uh, twilight of his career. Yeah, I mean, if you think of what he did for Herter and Trey Young yes. and John Collins last year, well, we, we got a new fresh crop of rookies that need the same type of seasoning. So, And what's great about that is that these guys, you know, along with Herter, you know, wing guys. They were wing guys and Reddish and, uh, and Hunter, and I look to them to just, I hope they're just following Vince around. Just like lapping, lapping his feet like a like mangy dogs, ready to just do whatever he says they should do. Because that's there's one guy you want to model your game after, and one guy who knows how to adapt as the NBA changes, which is why Vince Carter has been around for so long. Is uh, it's it, it is Vince Carter, and those those guys should be taking notes every freaking day from him. I just had a strange flashback to when the Hawks first drafted Kevin Herter. 
And we didn't know how to save his, yeah. say his name. We drafted uh, some guy out of, uh, I don't know, some Big Ten school named Hoiter? Huter? Huter? <laughs> Kevin Huter. Kevin Huter. And now it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, now it's like, yes, Herder. Herder. That's our boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really, really nice news there. Um, I know there's a lot of people thinking that it wasn't going to happen, but uh, I'm very, very glad for this team that it has. We got our core nucleus back, including Vince, and now we got all these rookies. This is going to be one damn exciting Hawks season. So we're not fully into the Hawks. This isn't like our season no, preview, preview or anything. Show, no, but I was thinking the other day, I mean, do you have playoff hopes for this year? I have like you're not going to be upset if they don't make it, but like there's no. a part of you like yeah I think we can make the playoffs. I think it's important to make the playoffs this year, regardless of seeding, even if you get the eight, because that shows that you're making progress. You're going from being a team that's well under 500 uh, to a team that actually makes the playoffs, which lets impending free agents know, even though the free agent class has gotten worse with Draymond Green signing with the Warriors, resigning with the Warriors, it lets people know who are either going to be in free agency. Uh, next year or the year after that, hey, this team's on the rise and they got an exciting young core. And uh, I think it's important to do everything we can to make the playoffs this year with this core group. I'm not saying go out there and make a bunch of trades and blow up the... I mean, that'd be absolutely stupid. I'm just saying do everything you can with this group to get to the postseason. I do have playoff hopes and I expect us to get the 7 or 8 seed this year. Okay, good. So we're done with... We're past tanking for a high seed, right? No, but I'm also not going to get upset if we don't get there because things can happen. But uh, I think that should be the goal. The goal should be to make the playoffs this year. Cool. I agree, Graham. Yeah. Um, I think that wraps up tonight's show, Adam. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Good stuff. Uh, we'll talk about Atlanta United at some point. Sorry to folks who really love them. Um, we will one day return to the pitch the, as they call it the constant teaser the constant teaser soccer correspondent arthur roach is back in town well, that's good so that's a possibility sure. <laughs> that's, well that's as far that's as much as we'll commit to exactly uh so until next time rise up chop on stand brotherhood unite and conquer and remain true to atlanta uh thank you very much for listening we'll see you all next week house bounce up Happy birthday to Gabe, the loser, Peacock. As oh, yes. Well. Happy birthday, Ebag. Hospitalism. Hospitalism.